So to start this episode off, I wanted to uh, send my condolences to Terrence Clark's family. Uh, for people that don't know, Terrence Clark, who was 19, passed away the uh, about yesterday, I believe, or two days ago, um, in a car accident. He was, like I said, 19 years old. He was. He went to Kentucky. He was getting ready for the draft. He's from Boston, um, or the Boston area. It's it's tough, man. It's tough when you see people um, that that pass, especially people that are young. Seeing as though, I mean, he was 19 years old. Uh, he had his whole life to live, and it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate uh, that, unfortunately, God called him now. So, again, I want to send my condolences to the family, Terrence. Clark was 19 years old, so to start this episode, I'm going to have uh, 19 seconds of silence. So, here we go. Rest in peace, Terrence Clark. Let's start the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen. If you would do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It would definitely mean a lot to me. I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube by my birthday, which is July 20th. So if you just listen, which I appreciate, just come over to the YouTube and subscribe. You ain't got to watch. If you do want to watch, I appreciate it. But just I'm, tr- I'm trying to hit... A thousand, a thousand subscribers on YouTube by my birthday, which is July 20th. So please do me a favor if you can. If you definitely support the Unpopular Podcast, if you support me, please come and subscribe, man. It would definitely mean a lot. But here's where we'll start. Year after year, the debate, especially when we talk about, you know, closer to the closer to the playoffs, is who is the MVP? Um, and honestly, it, it changes year after year. And when I say that there's some time, most of the time, I mean, a lot of people want to, okay, first of all, what does MVP stand for? Most valuable player. A lot of people get that valuable word, you know, mixed up. Um, cause a lot of people think that, and, and, and rightfully so, I believe it should a lot of people think it should go to the the best player. Usually the best player should get the MVP because if you're the best player, people say you're the most viable. You know what I mean? But it doesn't really go like that. Some and, and honestly, the criteria to win MVP changes year after year. Sometimes, like if you look at the years LeBron won, usually it, it goes to the best player. It's not really... Those years wasn't really narrative-based. But then there are some years that are narrative-based. Like when Derrick Rose won his uh, MVP, youngest ever, the Chicago. Uh, when James Harden won his MVP. Um, it's, 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 it's just the, the, hardest, the hardest part about describing the MVP is the, the criteria changes year after year. And this year is no different. Now, this year, I will say this. This year is different in the sense of, there, this is a wide open MVP race, and there's multiple people that can win. And if they, I mean, I understand people will be upset, but if they do win, there's reasons why they could or should win. Like, if you look, let's just look at the front runners. Let's look at the official front runners right now, which is Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic, he has been the consistent force for Denver. Nikola Jokic, Denver would be absolutely nowhere if it wasn't for Nikola Jokic, especially with Jamal Murray being out with the with the injury, and and a lot of players on the team has has been out except for Nikola Jokic, and 
I've said this before and I'll say it again. He is arguably one of the most talented and skilled big man the league has ever seen. From his ability to score the ball, from his ability to 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 pass, he is in rebounding and he he's he is a hybrid that we've only seen make I mean, I haven't it's kind of hard like I understand like like Hakeem, he's one of the most skilled big men. Uh Sabonis, he's one of the most skilled big men. It's it's he fits those category as far as Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a walking triple double for big man, and the fact that he's averaging nearly a triple double and he's averaging nearly ten assists is unheard of for a big man. So I and I, and the fact that he hasn't missed any games is a reason why. He is probably he is the front runner, and more than likely, in my opinion, unless something drastically changes, he'll probably win. But then you can look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been on a tear. He's doing things that we have we've only seen from you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Shaq. Like the I think he's averaging over thirty points. Like Joel Embiid. I understand they're kind of going through a, a rough spot, seeing as though Ben Simmons is out right now, but. Joel, what Joel Embiid is doing is unheard of. You know what I mean? It's it his scoring uh, along with his defense this year, along with the fact that he has his play alongside Ben Simmons' play has Philly at the no, as the number one seed in the East. Definitely warrants you know it, it warrants his stature now. He was front runner until he missed those games. I think he missed like ten games or so. Missed those games with injury, and that's and it kind of goes back to the rookie of the year conversation that we had. While Joel Embiid more than likely was number one, he didn't have um, he didn't have a, as much space between the one and two spot for him to miss ten games and still be number one. The Mellow Ball was 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 having a great season and. Shouts out to him, I think, for reports saying he might come back uh, in about seven to ten days after initially being reported that he's out for the season. So, shouts out to him. But the fact that LaMelo Ball was playing great. He was he was hands down rookie of the year. But he wasn't playing great enough that his – let me say this. While he was playing great, so was Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards was it was a he, while he was second, it was a close second. And the fact that Lamelo Ball has missed so many games now, Anthony Edwards is number one as far as Rookie of the Year, um, the latter or whatever you want to call it. And it goes same thing for Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. While Joel Embiid was number one, Nikola Jokic has been hooping all year, and he's been available. And the fact that you missed ten games or so, which is Joel Embiid, or missed a couple games. Nikola Jokic has continued to be great, and he, now he's up number one. So that's that's usually the best players that we've seen. Like I said, the, the those have been the best players that we've seen this year. Of course, you Giannis has been great. I think he's like third. There, the, the those players have been the most consistent and the best players this year. LeBron James was up there until he got hurt. Um, it, it, it's that's that's just usually that's that's. That's what we're seeing this year. But then you can look at the valuable word, the V in MVP, the valuable word. And that is where this argument lies. In this converse, in this, that's where we're starting. The valuable word. Now, when I say that you have to look at people like Steph Curry. Steph Curry just had a let while it was broken uh, by the Wizards. Steph Curry had eleven straight games that was worth. I mean, that was worth eleven straight games where he scored thirty or more points. He is all time leading scorer in Golden State, passing Wilt Chamberlain. And we know that Wilt Chamberlain is one of those ghosts. Like, well, anytime you hear a stat. They like to leave out Wilt because it's just absurd. <laughs> like it's like, you know. If you pass Jordan for second, like, that is great, but you're not getting the Wilt because Wilt, you know. And that's where we get the valuable word, man. How It's hard for me to look at the MVP race and see the fluctuation that Curry has um, as far as valuable because 
he is not only is he incredibly valuable to the NBA, but he's I mean, no, not only is he incredibly valuable to Golden State, but he's, he's incredibly valuable to basketball and the NBA. The fact that he has literally changed the game. Now, no, I'm not saying that he should win the MVP. They're sitting at what tenth right now, I believe tenth or tenth, a uh, ninth or tenth in the in the West. They're playing for a play-in game when you have like Nikola Jokic there in the playoffs right now. Joel Embiid, they're first in the East. Uh, Giannis, I think they're like third in the East. I un- I'm not saying that Steph Curry should win the MVP, but what I'm saying is, you can't say that he's not one of the most valuable players. In the league, another person that we can talk about on that list is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, his value shines everywhere he goes. He, I think that the stat is he's had like five or six straight winning seasons, and it's not like, well, yeah, it's not like he's played on juggernauts. Well, yeah, he did play on Houston in the, in the, in the three, and he played with Clippers in the Showtime, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Those weren't really powerhouses before he got there. And we know this man had the 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 this man has the Phoenix Suns as arguably one of the best teams in the league. The same Phoenix Sun who didn't even make the play-in game last year, and they went undefeated in the bubble. That's how you know how bad their record was going into the bubble. That you can go eight and zero in the bubble and still not make the play-in game. Chris Paul, when we talk about valuable. There is no other metric that you have to look at when you look at Chris Paul and say, I don't know if he's valuable or not. Just look at every team's schedule before he gets there and after he gets there. I'm not, and I understand everything that's going on when we talk about Houston with James Harden and everything, but look at their record without Chris Paul compared to with him. Look at the, the Pelicans. Well, they were the Hornets, but look at the Hornets ever since. Chris Paul's left. Yeah, I understand you have Brandon Ingram. I understand you have Zion Williamson. I understand you have Lonzo Ball. But again, look at the, just look at what they were, especially the year, the, the the years directly after he left. Hell, look at the Clippers the year the, the years directly after he left. Again, I understand the 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 the, the way that we we crown and vote for MVP changes year after year. Some years is nar- narrative, like the year James Harden won, that was more narrative the year that, even though that's the first time we've ever seen a player average a triple-double, uh, the year Russell Westbrook, that was more a little narrative, seeing as though, you know, after KD left. Um, Derrick Rose, that was a narrative year. I think maybe Giannis's second one might have been a little narrative, but... Well, no, he was the best player. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. They tried not to give it to him, but that he was the best player uh, at the time. But and I, again, I understand, and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that Chris Paul should win the MVP. I'm not saying Steph Curry should win the MVP. Another person on that list uh, could be Jimmy Butler and his value to a team. You see what happened after he left Minnesota. You see what happened after he left uh, uh, Chicago, and you see the impact that he has when he's on and off the court for um, Miami, I'm not saying that they should or are going to win. But what I'm saying is we really need to make a concerted effort. And and, and, not, and, and here's the thing. If we, we need to make a decision on how we're going to vote for the MVP and how we're going to continuously do that. Are we going to continue to say, okay, it's going to be the best player and – not really the most valuable, but the best player, or is it going to be the most valuable? Because if it's going to be the best player, LeBron James should have won that multiple times, more than four, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, more than four. If it's most, if it's most valuable, Chris Paul deserves should have one. Steph Curry maybe should win this year. Um, it, it, Jimmy Butler should be up there. Giannis should be up there every year. So I'm not. And again, again, don't hear me saying that Jokic does not deserve the MVP, Joel Embiid does not deserve the MVP. I I think Jokic, from what I've seen this entire year, I think Jokic should and will win the MVP, and congratulations to him if he does. 
I'm just saying we really need to make we really need to look at how we gauge what the MVP is. You know what I mean? Because again, it changes, and that's that's why a lot of people don't take. You know, you know the other thing that really hurts the MVP in the NBA is the Finals MVP. The fact that a lot of people, of course, the Finals MVP is more um, coveted than the regular season MVP, seeing as though you really only win the Finals MVP if you win the Finals. I think the only player that's ever won the fi- or ever won the Finals MVP that didn't win the Finals was Jerry West. Uh, but the fact that the MVP is awarded for the regular season. I feel that you should give it to them at the regular, like as soon as the regular season ends. Um, or because it's, it's, it's tough when you watch the regular season, then we watch the playoffs and we saw this with Giannis the last few years, you win the, you win the MVP and you don't even make it to, I mean, you don't make it to the finals. And I'm not saying that he didn't deserve the MVP again. It's a regular season award, but don't wait till the damn season's over to award a, a regular season MVP. And we still have the taste in our mouth of, of what, what happened to them against the Clippers or what happened to them against the Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? So, I just I just think that the NBA can do better at this whole MVP thing. Uh, again, this ain't the year to change it. It ain't going to change. I think that, again, I, I think Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, I think more Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid deserve the MVP this year. But that's going off the merit of who's been the best player this year. And it's honestly by far, I'm not going to say by far, but it's honestly been a two-man race since LeBron James went out, and that was, that's Joel Embiid and Nicole Jokic, and I would say Nicole Jokic should win it, but I'm just looking at that V word, the value word. If we look at value, there's no way that if you have an MVP list, there's no way Steph Curry should be on the bottom of that list, seeing as though how valuable he is to his team, how valuable he is to the NBA, how valuable he is to basketball in general. There should be no reason why Chris Paul is not even on that list. And we see the value that he has not only to Phoenix, but every team he goes on. There should be no reason why Jimmy Butler's not on that list. And we see the value that he has for uh, Miami. So, I don't know, man. I just started with a little ranty. If that is ranty, I don't know. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's weird. I just think it's, we, the MVP. I understand is probably not going to change because it's, it's a person vote, and people are always going to have their biases, or they're always going to go into like Ramona Shelburne one time said. Uh, she goes into it as a narrative, you know. So everyone is going to vote differently. That we all know that. That's that's pretty much common practice we know it's just i just want some consistency because you know with steph a lot of people are saying that this is a wasted season for steph which i don't believe so seeing as though he's breaking records and stuff but the fact that steph curry in my opinion is not even going to finish in the top five in mvp is crazy to me seeing as though how valuable he's been to his team and how valuable he's been to the NBA this entire year. The fact that Chris Paul is not going to finish in the top five or top 10 in MVP. And then, and, he, and another question, another thing that I hear is, well, Jay, if you want Chris Paul to be in the top five, if you want Steph Curry to be in the top five, who do you take out the top five? Well, look, man, I, I, as, as incredible as Luke has been, I don't think he deserves being the top five of the MVP race as incredible as Giannis has been this year. I don't think he deserves to be, I don't know, third as what he is right now. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I'm looking at value, man. I'm looking at that V word, the value in MVP. And I just think that some players have been more valuable than others. But then again, I also, I also recognize the fact that I believe that um, I believe that uh, Nikola Jokic should win MVP. So there's that. That was that was uh, that was my little rant, I guess. You know, moving forward. Uh, so the NFL draft is coming on the 29th, and yes, yes, I, I'm going to do a mock draft. I'm going to do the unpopular podcast is going to do a mock draft. I'm probably going to drop it on the 28th, which is the Wednesday before the the, the draft. Um, 
I don't like doing, you know, I know, I know a lot of sports, te- sports podcasts and sports uh, shows like do multiple mock, dra- mock drafts and there's, n- I have nothing against them at all. No, you know, y'all do y'all thing. I love the content that y'all are putting out. Do your thing. I just, I just don't want to con- do a whole bunch of mock drafts. It's just not me. Uh, I'm going to do one. And I'm going to do it as close to the draft as possible, seeing as the, and I'm not going to do them trades and nothing like that, because that is one thing that's unpredictable in the draft. So, but why am I saying this? Because I'm hearing a lot of dirt being thrown on Justin Fields' name. Now, it's crazy, man. When we, this always happens. And, when we talk about black quarterbacks, they always get unfairly scrutinized. They always get unfairly nitpicked and they always get, how am I saying? They always get put in a category that they don't deserve to be in. And they also always get put in a category that they've outplayed. And what, and what do I mean by that? Let's go back to Lamar Jackson. The most recent one that I can think of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. He was the only thing that Louisville had. All year we were praising, they were all year they were praising Lamar Jackson of how great he was and how transcendent of a player he is. Hell, he is he's one of a few quarter running court or quarterbacks wh- whose primary skill is running with the ball. He's one of a few to win the Heisman. That's how great he was. The last time I can think of a quarterback who um, was that great, especially at running the ball, was probably probably Johnny Menzel. Well, no, 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 no. He wasn't as good as Lamar. Maybe, maybe Cam. Um, but then draft the draft came and the combine came and the scouts and all of a sudden you started hearing. Well, he he's not good enough to be a quarterback. Um, his worth ethic is horrible. Uh, but they don't know if he wants it or not. He should switch to wide receiver. Um, I don't know if he can. He can. The, the famous one that we always hear is, I don't know if he can. Uh, if he can develop like memorize a playbook because they don't do it in college like that. Yet and still. This is the same Lamar Jackson that gave Clemson, Deshaun Watson and Clemson a run for their money that won a Heisman. But you can give him a Heisman. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He can deserve a Heisman. He can work his ass off for a Heisman. But once it comes to draft, you have all these nitpicks, and that's one big reason why he fell. You look up today, Lamar Jackson has is one of one of a few players that won unanimous MVP. He is the the lifeline for Baltimore. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yet and still, they nitpick the hell out of him. And they do it, they did it with a lot. And and what I hate is, and I'm and I'm gonna get to my point in a second, but what I hate is the quarterback, the, the reason why they still do this is that there have been quarterbacks that, that have proved them right. Like Jamarcus Russell, you know what I mean? Um, Jamarcus Russell's work ethic was horrible. We all know about the infamous blank CD uh, or blank tapes uh, story. Um, if you don't, look it up. But African-American quarterbacks get unfairly questioned, unfairly scrutinized, unfairly critiqued hell a whole hell of a lot more than white quarterbacks. Hell, and this is the, now I'm going back to my point, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, all I heard, all I heard throughout the college season was Justin Fields, this is probably the best um Ohio State quarterback that they've had, and this is the same Ohio State that had JT Barrett, who was incredible in college, that had Dwayne Haskins, that who was who was who was cool and good in college, that had um Cordell Cordell Patterson? Cordell's Cordell Patterson, I believe. No, it was Cordell something. Whatever. They had him as a quarterback. 
all I'm hearing is this could arguably be the best quarterback there. This is the same quarterback that beat the Clemson, Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be the number one overall pick. This is the same quarterback who took a team that was struggling in the beginning of the year, by the way, took them all the way to the national championship. While they didn't win, they took them all the way to the national championship. It's the same quarterback that they come out and say that he doesn't, he's not good with his number one, like he's not good going to his second and third option. But then the stats show that he was the number one quarterback at going to his second and third option. The thing that I don't like is this. Is Justin Fields going to get drafted? Yes. That's, I mean, Justin Fields is, has, been, is, has been too good not to be drafted. But that does not mean, and it's not fair to him, that even in him being drafted, you're still, he's still, un, like, well, I don't understand. I do understand. Because, I mean, it's, it's the game that they play, man. But how is it that now that you're talking in the draft, you're talking about his worth at worth work ethic like the 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 guy who the Justin Fields who improved from the year before to now who who improved drastically and took a team to the national championships worth ethic is bad especially when you had to deal with everything that you had to deal with with the pandemic and and are, is it, is the conference going to play? Is the conference not going to play? Are we going to play this week? Is the game going to get canceled? Does one of our teammates have COVID? Like, or does does one of the teammates on the other team have COVID? You had to deal with all that, and you're telling me his worth ethic is bad? All I'm saying is this, man. I'm not saying Justin Fields is the best quarterback, right? I'm not saying that Justin Fields it should go number one. I think Trevor Lawrence deserves to be number one. But what I'm saying is I don't see how scouts and teams – I do understand because teams, I guess they don't have time to watch college, fo- college football. But I don't understand how you can't turn on the tape. And now you're over here talking about his – you're over here talking about you don't know if he has a desire to play um, – or if his worth act is good. But the people that you there's people that you have over him that have off the field issues, multiple off the field issues, but those never get brought up. Justin Fields has no off the field issue issues, but he has all these on the field issues. But he took a team to the national championship. A team, by the way, that destroyed the number one overall pick. And in in Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, they beat the they 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 beat the brakes off them. Yet and still, you still question. And this is the and he got hurt that game. He got hurt, and everyone in the world, including myself, was like, "Yeah, nah, he's he's done, bro. He's he's not playing. He's not playing." Yet and still, he came back limping around, grimacing the whole game after that, and still put up at least five touchdowns and you're talking about you don't know if he if his worth work ethic is strong enough and if he has the grit to play a quarterback position uh, you know what I, and I I do love this though I love when a quarterback um I love when a quarterback's able to prove them wrong I love watching the videos of Lamar Jackson sitting there um and don't get me wrong while we all praise the Ravens, the Ravens passed him, like, passed him the first time. Like, I love seeing him sitting there, and then he get drafted, and now, boom, unanimous MVP. Um, they talked about Patrick Mahomes saying his decision-making was bad. While he hasn't, he doesn't have the, gr- I mean, no. they said his decision-making was bad at Texas Tech, and he was only good because of the system that he ran. This is the same Patrick Mahomes, who's arguably the greatest. Well, a lot of people right now are, pu- are putting him in top five greatest ever. I, I, I'm. This is like now. This is Justin Fields. I would love to see Justin Fields go to a good, a great organization, man. I would love to see, and I, I, it's just, it, it just. We've talked about it before, man. But it's just the way that you view African American quarterbacks, the way that you view it. African-American 
players is is crazy how the only time the African American players are really seeked after is if they play wide receiver on the defense side of the ball or running back. But when they talk about quarterback, oh, they have all these mental mental evaluation that they have to do. Yet and still, they don't say anything about some quarterbacks that have DUIs, and they don't say like like think about that, man. Think about that. Think about um. Think about. You heard so much stuff about Lamar Jackson before he got drafted. Um, and he had no off the field issues and he and he dropped. Johnny Menzel had every off the field issue you could think of and still got drafted higher than he should have. He and you see what happened there. So I, I wish nothing but the best for uh Justin Fields. I hope that he gets drafted high. Um, again, I'm going to do my mock draft. I'm probably going to drop it on the 28th. Uh, and um, but yeah, it's just something that I've seen this all all this week. I've heard not, or all the last few weeks, I've heard nothing about Justin Fields keeps falling uh, because his work work ethic, or they don't think his arm strength, or he can't he not, he's not good throwing to the second or third option, or he holds the ball a little too long, or he his decision in the pocket is is questionable. The same Justin Fields that just made it to the freaking national championship while they didn't win. I don't know how many people in in the country would have won against that Alabama team, but hey, it is what it is, I guess. Moving forward. So we kind of talked about this last last episode. Um, we talked about uh, chemistry versus talent as far as does chemistry matter when you have an immense amount of talent on your team. And I said in that episode that you do need to play with your – like you do need to play – even if they're best friends, man, you do need to play with your teammates because you need to know – what they prefer you need to know where they like the ball at you need to know what their skill set is on the floor you need to know what their what their weaknesses are and it's going to bite you at a certain point if you don't develop that chemistry if you look at all the teams and I talked about this but if you look at all the teams as one recently the Lakers had met had had a great chemistry uh, Toronto, even though they brought in Kawhi Leonard, the team as a whole had great chemistry. They just needed that superstar, and, and they brought in Kawhi. Golden State had incredible uh, energy. I mean, chem- chemistry. You need chemistry to win. Um, and then look at the teams, and, and I look at the teams that didn't have chemistry but had an immense amount of talent. The Lakers back in the day when they had Shaq, Kobe. Uh, they also had Gary Payton. They had Carl Malone, like they had all great, and some of them were past, most of them passed their prime as far as Carl Malone and uh and and Gary Payton. They had no chemistry and they got smacked. Look at the Clippers last year. Um, you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they barely played with each other the entire year, and now you get to the playoffs when you're going up against a team that has immense chemistry in Denver, and they come back from three one. Where am I going with this? So James Harden has been out uh, mostly since he got – he's only played, I think, seven games with uh, KD and Kyrie. And I think he's played maybe upwards of 15, 16 games with the Nets in, in general. But he was out with a hamstring injury. And a report came out last week saying that he had a, he had a setback and that he's out indefinitely. Um. And that's the thing. That's the thing with hamstrings, man. You'd never know. One day your hamstring can feel great. A couple days in a row your hamstring can feel great. Then you can go to advance your your workout or your training and then it can pop again. I'm not going to say pop, but it could it could tense up again or it could it could start hurting again. Um hamstrings is tough. When they go, they go. Like I I know when when a hamstring goes, it is going. So I'm not and a lot of people we're questioning is he really hurt but the fact that we're this close to the playoffs and he still isn't playing and they have they've only played seven games with their best players um i would say yeah he's hurt <laughs> and this is this is the fear this is the fear that i was talking about last last episode the fear is 
Um, we know Brooklyn has an immense amount of talent. Again, you have so many scores, and it's going to be hard for their their numbers when they're all playing. At least offensive numbers is out of this world, and rightfully so. I mean, you have a, you have a you have a former MVP slash former two time Finals MVP. You have an MVP in James Harden, and you have an NBA champion in Kyrie. Plus, you have a you have Blake Griffin. Plus, you had well, you have DeAndre Jordan. You have Joe Harris, who statistically is one of the best three point shooters in the league. You have Landry Shamit. You have all these good players. You have Jeff Green, who's been better than I thought he would be. Offensively, you're, you have a lot of pieces, but the problem with Brooklyn. And the problem that this whole James Harden situation puts it or or puts on front street is the fact that this team continuously, continuously gets hurt. Hell, uh, Kevin Durant's hurt right now. He should be coming back in the next few days, if not today. But he's hurt right now. And Kyrie Irving, he keeps being out with uh, personal personal. Um, you know, family stuff, which which has nothing to do with, like, I, I can't speak on it because I don't know. But, and that's that's another reason why this is, this is the last thing that Brooklyn wanted because you don't bring in James Harden. The one reason why they brought in James Harden was for insurance as far as, and I'm not saying he's crazy or anything, but you don't know what Kyrie's going to do. You don't know if he's going to play. We've seen this year, he took a couple days off or a couple games, I think upwards of like 10 games or something due to family issues and stuff or family family reasons or personal reasons. So you really never know. And you want someone that's supposed to be reliable, which was supposed to be KD and, and James Harden. And the fact that now James Harden's out, it just it just throws off a lot of things out until who knows when, like, uh, what's his name? Steve Nash said that he can, he can start, he can play, he can be back, I don't know, in, in 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 a couple weeks. He can be back in the start of the playoffs. He can be back in round two, round three. Who knows? And it's it's again, you need to build that chemistry. If not, you're going to go up against. You know what it is? And this one, this is another reason why this this James Harden thing is huge, because the last thing you want, you everyone that's probably between one and three in the East are trying to get that one spot because the last thing that you want to do is get to that two spot. And then you have an, I mean, you play, I don't know, you probably play like, who's in the East? You, you'll probably play like a, 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 a lesser opponent the first round. It, it shouldn't be that hard. But then the next round, when if you're the two seed, more than likely you're going to have to play like a Giannis or you're going to have to play uh, uh, an opponent that can most definitely or a heat and that's the last thing you want to do if you're a second if you're in the if you're a team that's trying to build chemistry on the fly because you're going to have to try to build chemistry on the fly seeing as though you're not able to do it in the regular season because they have been playing and the last thing you want to do is go up against a two-time mvp in that team or or go up against the miami heat or maybe even the knicks and the Knicks have mean chemistry. We'll talk about them a little in a little in a little bit. So, him yeah, and this, I'm not saying that they're not good enough to win a championship because talent wise, they are they are leaps and bounds good enough. But what I'm saying is, it should concern you that all these play, you know, all these players and key players continuously get hurt and haven't played together, and we are barreling down to the to the NF, to the NBA to the playoffs. And one of the hardest things, and I don't, I, I, one of the things that 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 I have we haven't seen it is a team build chemistry in in the playoffs and still win. You can build chemistry in the playoffs. It's just and still win. That's that's almost unheard of. And this is what the team is going to have to do. And again, I understand. You have, you know, former MVPs and former Finals MVPs and NBA champions galore on the team, but 
And this is also a team that doesn't play defense. So you need to have chemistry because you ain't doing nothing on the defensive side of the ball because they're statistically one of the worst defenses, especially when we talk about rebounding. And when you're going up against the Knicks, you got Julius Randle, you're going up against the Heat, you got Bam Adebayo, you're going up against Giannis and the and Brooke Lopez, and then you'll ultimately maybe have to go up against Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. It's like... That is not, and you can't rebound to save your life, and you're not good defensively at all. So the only way that you're winning is outscoring people, which you can do, don't get me wrong. But when your players are hurt, and you're, James Harden is arguably one of the best play, offensive players the league has ever seen, and he's not playing. As we've seen, as unfortunate as it is, KD keeps, going, keeps coming in and out of the lineup, seeing as though he keeps getting hurt. So it's you know it's just something that I'm sure Brooklyn is 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 fearful about. One of their biggest fears is coming true is the team has not played together. Their chemistry is not a hundred percent, and you're still incorporating pieces that aren't playing with each other. So I hope Kyrie. I mean, I hope James Harden gets back healthy, and I hope that you know, I hope everything works out, man. But right now that. It's definitely a cause for concern that James Harden now is out indefinitely. And it's it's more cause for concern for the team. I mean, I think when James Harden's going to be back, he's cool. But it's it's hard for – I don't know how you're going to build chemistry. I just don't. I, 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 unless you're doing it on the fly. But the, la, on, but the last thing you want to do is do it on the fly in the playoffs. Like that is – that's damn near unheard of. So – you know, I hope I hope I hope he gets back stronger than ever, though. So, shout out to James. Uh, moving forward, we just said we'll talk about the Knicks, man. And the Knicks have been incredible this year, man. The Knicks have been um, they're on an eight. They're currently on an eight game win streak, and I don't think they've done that since like the nineties. Uh, and they haven't really been this good since Mello Mello was on the team. And it's not all coaching. But a lot of what you're seeing, it, the the question is, one, why are the Knicks so good this year? And two, does coaching really matter in the NBA? And I'll say the answer to one and two go hand in hand. Julius Randle has been on a tear. Julius Randle is deservedly being an all-star this year. Julius Randle deserves to be an all-NBA player. Julius Randle has been incredible. The Julius Randle is the heart and soul right now of the Knicks, and he is the main reason why they sit, I believe, sixth or fifth in the East. Like, nobody expected the Knicks to be this good, and nobody expected, including myself, Julius Randle to be this good. I knew he was talented. I just didn't think he was going to be this good, all NBA good. You know what I mean? But what you're starting to see is – where coaching matters the most is younger teams. I'm not saying that coaching doesn't matter when we talk about the Spurs or when we talk about Golden State or when we talk about Miami, you know what I mean? Well, actually not Miami. When we talk about, you know, older teams, Brooklyn. But when you look at the teams that have they're, they're having the better seasons or that are that are having that look at the younger teams that are having great seasons or good seasons. The Knicks, Coach Tibbs, the Hawks, Coach McMillan, who has been a lot better than the coach that they previously had. The Celtics, Brad Stevens. We the biggest knock on everyone knows Brad Stevens is a good coach, but the knock on him is he can't he's not we don't know if he's good at coaching stars. And the only star that he's really coached that is that is that he didn't develop into a star is Kyrie Irving and, and and that didn't go well but you know I don't know if that's as much as him as as much as what's going on with Kyrie so but coaching matters immensely when you have a younger team and that is one bit that's one big reason why the Knicks are as good as they are because of coaching Coach Tibbs, one thing that we always said about Coach Tibbs, Coach Tibbs has had a multiple jobs. I mean, he's had the 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 Celt, I mean the Bulls, he's had the Timberwolves. Not one person has said Coach Tibbs is a bad coach. 
every one thing that they've said is Coach Tibbs is a demanding coach. When I say demanding, he's demanding of your time. He's demanding of your energy. Y'all going to have hard practices. You, you might play 40 minutes a game. Coach Tibbs is very demanding. But everyone that's coached or that has been coached by him has said he's a good coach. Derrick Rose has been, and I, and there's a lot of things that he's, you know, I don't, you know, <laughs> sometimes you might need to chill with that, but Derrick Rose said he's a good coach. Um, Jimmy Butler said he's a good coach. Anyone that's coached or that he's coached has been, has said good. Look at, look at Brad Stevens and the Celtics. Hell, and I'm not just saying it's Brad Stevens, but Brad, look at, look at Jalen Brown, the same Jalen Brown from Cal, who all he was at Cal really was a dunker. Jason Tatum, like these are great players, and 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 it's it's being led by coaching. So one reason why I think the Knicks, of course, nobody saw this Julius Randle thing coming. Uh, nobody saw Emmanuel quickly being this good. I didn't see uh, R.J. Barrett being this good, but that's also a sign of good coaching, especially with younger teams and younger players, because you're coming from. You're coming from college, or your 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 yeah. You're coming from college where mostly in college is solely coaching. Yeah, you have you know talent, but you coaching is is huge in college. So you have these younger players that's coming into the league, and these younger players that's here on these teams, and of course you're looking for guidance, and you have. Of course, vets are good, but vets can only take you so far because vets are also trying to get to a place too. So. You know, I just want to shout out some of the coaching that we've seen this year. So, shouts out to the Knicks for being this good. Shouts out to all the the good coaches. You know what I mean? And 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 again, it's you know that's 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 Coach Popovich. That's uh, Eric Spolstra. Steve Kerr's been. You know, it's you can tell a team by you can tell how good a team is. Let me say this: you can tell how good a coach is. By the team's record and their defensive their defensive uh, rankings, all I'm gonna say about that. Moving forward, so baseball season's underway, and uh, I said last episode that you're seeing you're seeing a difference in sports as far as sports are trying to recuperate um, or recuperate, <laughs> trying to recoup the money that they lost from the pandemic. Uh, like I said, you see the NBA doing the playing games. We talked about the Euro League, Euro Super League that s- fell apart pretty much, um, and the le- and, and, and the MLB is underway. You're seeing a lot more commercials. You're seeing a lot more games being aired. You're seeing, um, I think they do the extra innings thing that isn't really working out. But while it's still early in the in the MLB season, you're starting to see some things that are are starting to starting to look like they're they're kind of shaping way you know what i mean for one the home run seems to be at an all-time high i've seen so many games where i've seen there's been a multiple games this year where the final score has been like 13 to 5 or like 18 to 6 or something like that i'm like jesus christ like and of course i know not all of those are home runs but home runs are the all-time high i don't know if that's because the 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 pitching is has has moved up i don't know what it is but home runs are at an all-time high, and 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 scores are at a all-time high, uh, as well as pitching. I've seen a there's been multiple games that I've seen that there's been no nos for people that don't know no hitters, like, and usually you might get maybe one or two a season. I think we've we're only like what we're not even a quarter in, and we've only we've seen maybe like five no hitters, like that, and and. <laughs> you're seeing the talent pretty much starting to equal each other, which is, which is good. And we're also starting to see, uh, I don't know. One thing that plagued the MLB, um, is the big market teams had bigger revenues and, um, they, because they had like the yes network, uh, and they, they had their own networks. They can pay players more. And you're seeing a contrast. You're, you're seeing two teams right now that have huge, huge payrolls, but they're going in two different directions. And that are the Yankees, and that's the Dodgers. The Yankees are—they—they haven't been good. They're—they're bull—they haven't been able. Their bullpen's been bad. Their pitching's been bad. 
almost everything is Aaron Judge hasn't been good. Almost everything about the Knicks, I mean the Yankees have been bad. As we're recording this, they're six and eleven. Like is they're they're not. And this is this is a storied I mean, I think they have twenty seven World Series. Like this is a storied franchise and they because they're in New York, because they have the Yes network you're able to pay people more than usual, like more than, let me say usual, pay people more than like a like a Washington or like a Cleveland, you know what I mean? But then you're seeing the Dodgers. <laughs> L.A. base, huge, and the Dodgers look, God, like they look unstoppable. And we said this movement, we said this going into the league, going into the season, that I don't see anybody beating the Dodgers. And they look unstoppable from Mookie Betts to Trey Turner to – um. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, like, and they haven't used like they haven't even used Chase Budinger and stuff like that, and they're fourteen and four, like, and they it's they're stacked, they are stacked, they are loaded, and you know it's it's yeah, bro, it's those are the early signs. I mean, right now maybe Cleveland's doing okay. Um, the Kansas City Royals are doing all right. I I just don't see anybody beating the Dodgers in a seven-game series right now. Now, I know anything can change. Injuries can happen. Some stuff can happen in the bullpen. Bullpens can go through their highs and lows. I understand that. But as we're sitting here today, how this looked, how how the whole season has looked so far, I just don't see anybody beating the Dodgers. It's, it's hard for me to see them losing a seven-game series, seeing as though they can beat you. They can beat you with runs. They can beat you with hits. They can beat you with – with pitching, like it, they can beat you at all facets of the game, and they have multiple people at all positions. So, those are the early takes that I've got from the MLB. My Nationals, man, they need to. I mean, uh, there's only so much Juan Soto can do. Like, they need some help, man. He needs some help. But uh, those are my early takes, man. Um, I guess moving forward, uh, one of the biggest news that came out. I, the NBA also was uh, Kobe has had a long-standing relationship with Nike. Of course, we know about the deal, their deal. Um, you know, Kobe's rest in peace, Kobe. Of course, but his contract expired with Nike, and it doesn't look like the family is going to re-up. So you know, um, and that's huge for the sports community. Now I understand. Again, a lot of people grew up on Kobe, man. Um, a lot of the players you see today grew up on Kobe. You know, the reason why there's a huge debate between who's better between LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan is because you have the people that grew up watching Michael Jordan do what he do. Um, and, of course, pass those down and clips and stuff. It's like, yeah, well, that's Jordan. But then you have people that's growing up and living to see what or living through what LeBron James doing is like, I don't, I don't know. And, and, and Kobe has been a staple in the basketball world since he's got here. Uh, of course, again, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. But while his, he's been a staple, so is his shoes. I mean, you look at Devin Booker, who wears Kobe's a lot. You look at DeMar DeRozan, who wears Kobe's all the time. You look at um, P.J. Tucker, the quote-unquote shoe king. He wears Kobe's a lot. It's just... A lot of players, especially now, are wearing Kobe's. And the fact that the deal was going to be over and it doesn't look like they'll renew, you know, this is just – and, we, and <laughs> we talk about reset. Now, this is – that's a whole nother topic. But you talk about resale prices for these Kobe's and, you know, it's going to mean a lot more. Like you saw when, when Kanye left Nike and how – his his red October, I mean his his Yeezy, you know Yeezy Nike Yeezys just skyrocketed in price, um, and you, you know you even saw when Kobe left Adidas, and he didn't even have the most the best Adidas shoes, but you see how those skyrocketed in price, you know Kobe Kobe was a legend, is a legend. I'm sorry, Kobe is a legend, and his shoes are were are it's kind of like Jordan's. I'm not saying it's on the same level as Jordan's, but when we talk about, you know, performance and in basketball shoes, a lot of people go to Kobe's cuz, you know, just his 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 legacy that he he holds. So, I'm excited to see what's next for the Kobe line. I think 
they're trying to do, you know, have like a Mamacurial, which is his, uh, his brand. I think they're trying to do like a whole footwear thing, which I think is dope. Um, and I'm just excited to see what happens. But again, rest in peace. This just gives me another opportunity to talk about Kobe, man. So rest in peace, Kobe, man. Rest in peace, Kobe. And there you have it, man. That is that has been this week's episode, or that has been this today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Um, a lot of people were asking, was I going to talk about Derek Chauvin, um, who was found guilty of murdering George Floyd? I don't. I mean, I'm ex- I'm glad that justice was served. I don't. I don't know if this has changed. The only way that you can see if this is signs of change is if it continues to happen. Um, I think that. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that people in the African-American community, including myself, were surprised at the fact that he was found guilty on like all three counts. Um, even even with the video, uh, even with, you know, the nine minute video of him, you know, putting his, you know, putting his knee on his neck and stuff like that. Even with all that, this still was like, what, three, three week trial um and again it was just it was unfortunate watching as an african-american and seeing that they were throwing you know carbon monoxide and of course they put up his criminal record and and mental health and stuff like that instead of the fact that you know this could he could have had other health problems that caused him to die like no bro you put your put your knee on his neck my guy for nine nine minutes um but I was I was happy and I was pleased to to find that justice was served for George Floyd and his family. Um but like I said, it's only change if it continues to happen. If it doesn't continue to happen and it goes back to, you know, what's what's usually the case, then it's it's really not change, it's an anomaly. So but I'm happy for the outcome and um yeah, I, I pray for George, the strength of George Floyd's George Floyd's family. So, but yeah, there that there there you have it, man. That is that has been this week's episode of the un, or today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Um, I appreciate all you guys that support me. I appreciate all you guys that have already subscribed. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, it will definitely mean a lot to me. Again, I'm trying to reach a hundred or no a thousand subscribers by my birthday, which is July twentieth. So please, even if you don't want to watch, just click the subscribe and you can keep moving. But I appreciate you guys' support. If you want an unpopular podcast hoodie, you want a popular podcast shirt, it's about to start getting hot out there. So get you some T-shirts. The link is in the description below. I have, like I said, if if you don't like the 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 displayed color of the shirt, just click on the shirt and there's multiple colors. But you know, it's about to get hot outside, so I don't expect you to wear hoodies all the time. So get you an unpopular podcast shirt. If you are if you're like a female, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're a woman and you know how all women are anemic, get you a long sleeve shirt. You know, I got I got what you need, man. Let's go to the description below. But I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. color and i sleep on a canvas i think we all need each other empathy that could be our advantage bad bitch speak creole and spanish she looked this way then i'm liking my chances oh man why go on these tangents bird's eye view this shit panoramic still firing off my paranoia shit too real just fire my lawyer trust issues i'm needing to fix it that could be an empire destroyer you seen what happened to julius caesar stevie wonder told me you were a leader my girl had forfeited tennis match to meet my grandmama man she truly a keeper <laughs> Why the blessings coming? Rich as hell, won't stress over nothing. I don't listen to the public opinion. Their portrayal, it is just an assumption. And I don't really know what a nigga been fighting for, but I'm fighting for it. And every song that I record, be saving lives, I'm type important. If I shoot my shot, switch, mm, Michael Jordan. And if I get a lie, it came from the microphone.
Hold on, uh, maybe that's the difference from other niggas making bad decisions. Good music that attract the business. My last album was a fucking classic. You can listen to that shit from start to finish. Got good intentions and my heart relentless. Drive behind the Civic with the windows tinted. Plus a lamb truck, but that shit was rented. Never no pretending, let's be transparent. I learned that shit from my grandparents. I've been meditating, trying to gain clearance. But this life shit is incoherent as a bitch. Wonder why I'm so down with the shit. Single mom, no co-parents in this bitch. Used to walk to the library for the Wi-Fi. It was like four Karens in that bitch. But what's your purpose? What's your motives? What's your dreams? What's your goals is? Are your thoughts pure? Are you focused? That's a real nigga diagnosis. Are your friends real or they bogus? Are they by your side at your lowest? Though I'm not so easily broken, but at times I feel hopeless. I don't know why the blessings coming. Rich as hell, won't stress over nothing. I don't listen to the public opinion. Their portrayal, it is just an assumption. And I don't really know what a nigga been fighting for, but I'm fighting for it. And every song that I record, be saving lives. I'm typing important. If I shoot my shot. Jordan. 